You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to week three of Survivor New Zealand coverage here on the Oz Network. Uh, ben is away, so the New Zealanders will play. It is uh, just the two of us Kiwis here today, so looking forward to uh, going through this uh, third week of Survivor New Zealand with you here today. Uh, I am Nick, and I don't have a catchy line because uh, I'm too busy freaking out about whether or not I'm going to record this properly or not. And Perez, over to you. Hello. Hello, <laughs> listeners. How is everybody? That's great. Yeah, we're, we're all doing great, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, so I mean, uh, looking forward to talking through this third week. I think uh, the action's picked up a wee bit compared to to maybe what it was in, uh, you know, these the early going of the first two weeks. I don't know what you thought, but I uh, I definitely enjoyed this one a hell of a lot more than the first two weeks. What was your take on, on the whole thing? Yeah, I this the most recent episode, I agree. I think this one picked up the pace a lot i think the was it episode five was a little bit slow yeah. aside from redemption island and everything with lou yeah but what we've seen this week good i'm liking what i've seen yeah yeah and i think um probably what i said on twitter was that uh, the first hour was pretty slow going and then that last half hour just things kind of intensified um big time and um, i really really enjoyed where we went i liked where the, the way we edited kind of tony's downfall and all that kind of thing i thought that was done really really well um so i guess our big headlines that you know we're, we're completely full of spoilers here we're not going to try and hide anything from you so uh so we're obviously into week three here we have seen uh izzy has beaten tony over on redemption island so she's sticking around uh then we've seen lou get medevaced in there in the middle and uh, then we've had a tribe swap and we have seen poor old georgia has been bitten by the tribe swap and she has gone out um off to redemption island so um yeah things have definitely picked up a bit we've now got four people gone um and yeah things are starting to intensify a little bit and uh yeah no i'm enjoying where this is where this is headed so uh, i don't know where you want to start but we probably should just uh, just start a little bit with um what was kind of happening in those those first two tribes uh, the, the tribes in that first episode i should say sorry um Obviously, we had some kind of ongoing storylines here, and I think probably the one we want to talk about first is is really this whole thing that's going on with Hamosa about about uh, you know are they going to throw the challenge? Now, I don't know what you kind of made of that whole thing, but um, yeah, for me, I, I you know I wasn't entirely sure that we needed to have such a lot of exposition about this. It seemed like it was a hell of a lot of um, talking about what they were going to do. Um, you know, we talked every scenario through and we didn't even have any kind of dummy stuff about, oh, maybe I won't go along with this plan or, you know, if we throw it, I might end up going over with Nate and Barb. It was pretty much cut down the middle. Are we going to throw it or are we not going to throw it? I mean, was there anything else that you kind of saw that we needed to talk about there? No, no, that was pretty much it, wasn't it? Oh, and the dragon fruit porridge. That looked awful as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they had sugar though. Like, was that was that from that coffee reward that they won? That they had sugar because that was that seemed kind of weird. They kind of just chucked in the sugar at the end there. Um, you think anything when you when you've had nothing to eat? Like, if you just had like a spoonful of sugar, it's going to make you go a bit crazy. So, yeah, it's. I, I guess one of the other big storylines that we seem to be getting a lot is um, Shannon is skinny. Like, we, for some reason, we just keep going back to Shannon being skinny all the time. But, like that storyline came up on both tribes. It's like I'm not sure why that's such a big deal well i think watching the american version i think the girls are already rail thin to begin with 
and I think our I think this is a cultural difference from New Zealand and America uh, we don't think of girls as a normal weight being super skinny but I think Shannon where she is now would probably be standard for an American if you know what I mean yeah I think so I mean I, you know I think Shannon's really attractive and you know like I, I, she's got the great body and all that kind of stuff and so it, to me it just didn't seem all that obvious that she was like super skinny I think probably no, what we, yeah and I think what we've seen here is that I think probably just what the producers seem to be quite keen on is showing that this is the real deal. And I, I can kind of understand that because I think they want to show that Surviving New Zealand is not a joke, um, that, you know, this is the real thing and these guys are actually starving. They've got no food. It's the kind of thing you don't see on the American version anymore because, you know, we're 34 seasons into it and we don't need to know these guys are starving. That point has been driven home years ago. But, yeah. for, but for Kiwi audiences, it's probably something a little bit different. So, you know, we probably you know, are seeing that a little bit more than we normally would. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that seemed to be the big storyline there. And, of course, it doesn't really ever pay off until we get into the second episode. And it pays off in a way you probably didn't expect it. So, I mean, we can talk about that as we go along. But, you know, in this first episode, it just seems to be everything that's going on. I mean, I, I guess, like, did, were you kind of impressed with, with Barb and... Well, nobody could have been impressed with Barb in this episode, I don't think, because I think she was pretty much checked out the whole time. But, you know, for yeah. me, I was, I was kind of quite impressed with Nate. Like, I think he was doing everything he could, given that he didn't have a lot of options available to him. Um, yeah, I mean, did you think he was, he was kind of doing the best he could? Yeah, well, I think he hadn't really given up where I think we saw from Barb that she was resigned to the fact that her days are numbered. So seeing the scrap in Nate was quite good to see. Yeah, totally. And I, you know, I think one of the things I've been really impressed with with Nate is that he seems to have really good intuition and sense. You know, I guess it comes from being the old Dargable cop, you know, that he can kind of see, you know, these things developing um, but having said that you know we get this line from Barb in the second episode that like she knows they're throwing the challenge like so to me I I don't know whether I should be impressed with Nate or whether it's just that you know he's it's actually been so obvious that he couldn't miss it so I, I guess yeah. we're never really going to get that because now that this tribe's been split up we're probably uh, in a way I'm kind of annoyed we never saw that group really go back to tribal council we've only seen them go once and that was D you know on the first day and so they kind of went you know 11 days or whatever it was without going to tribal council which I think is a bit of a shame I would have liked to have seen them kind of go and, and hash those issues out yes definitely and I think I'm totally against throwing a challenge we've seen it plenty of times and it has never worked but this time I thought if the timing is right that they do throw a challenge this could work for that five alliance so I'm a bit bummed that we didn't get to see that happen but oh well I guess for me, one of the problems that, that I thought about that whole throwing a challenge is that you really have to throw two challenges, you know, <laughs> because if you need to get rid of both these guys, if you go into a potential merge or whatever with one of them, then they're flipping and there's absolutely no yeah. question about it. Um, so, you know, mm -hmm. I just think there's, there's, you've got to throw two, and if you throw two, then you're in real damage of potentially losing a third and having to kind of, you know, cannibalise yourself. And we kind of see that little, that little bit, which I thought was really intriguing at the end of the episode where... Um, Shannon is talking about, look, you know, if, if it does get down to that, I'm probably the first to go out of these five. And I, mm -hmm. that was a, considering that we then go into that, that kind of swap later on, 
that was a really, really intriguing little scene to me, and I just wonder if that's a bit of setup for something that's going to come down the road. Like, I think so much has been invested into Shannon that I'm not thinking that next week we're now going to see Shannon come into that tribe and she's immediately going to be Georgia'd out of the game. I, I think there's going to be more to it than that. Um, so, I mean, I could be wrong, but I just thought that was quite a weird little scene that we kind of got right at the end of that episode. Yeah, if she does, if she does come back and she is booted out straight away... I think we've seen enough from Shannon and seeing I think Shannon's edit has been quite interesting. Um, We've seen her from almost as if she is a central character and is going to be very important to the entire overall game, but she doesn't seem to be in the driving seat of anything. So I think with her in her position, I think, I think she's going to start stepping up and, I think she's going to be one to watch from now on. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And one of the things that I've kind of noted is that, you know, like Survivor kind of generally has a narrator and, you know, sometimes there's two and there's normally one on each tribe before you get to emerge. And yeah. for me, totally Shannon is our narrator on, on the Hamosa tribe and on the Mogaton tribe, it's Arvi. And it, it doesn't even seem to be close to me that those two are getting that, you know, the story has been told through their eyes. So, yeah, I yeah. think you're totally right. Like if, if it is Shannon that gets voted out next, then i oh, I'd put a lot of money on the fact that she's probably the one that's going to end up um, coming back from Redemption Island. I mean, that's kind of how it feels anyway. I don't know. Definitely. I agree with that 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, uh, we can probably leave the the most tribe there. It kind of feels like a pretty quick discussion, but as we said, there's there's actually not a lot kind of going on other than that here at the moment, and um, we get a lot of talk about what's going to happen at the challenge, and we can kind of get into that challenge in a minute. But you know, we go back to Mogaton, and um, there's this whole thing around Tom, and you know, like, does he fit in? And I don't know. I'm just, I'm not. Tom fascinates me because I don't know where this story is going. Um, yeah. You know, I just don't know what the whole purpose of the Tom story is. I can't wait to kind of see where this goes. You know, that's that's really, really fascinating to me. I think he could be trouble for Arvi. Arvi's bringing him a lot. If it wasn't for Arvi, I think Tom would have gone earlier. But it wouldn't surprise me if he does once the show's over, that he is the bad guy. Yeah, he kind of feels like a, um, like a Sasher and Albert to me. Like he's just, I yeah. don't know, like he just, he might go to the end and get no votes because nobody respects his game. And we kind of at the end go, we kind of can't really understand the why about that, which is kind of a weird thing to say, but like, cause it's, it's, it's kind of obvious, but it's not obvious at the same time. Like he's just, he's kind of not really done anything to piss people off, but he also just comes across as quite kind of monotone. You're not really entirely sure where he stands on things. And, you know, he seems to kind of just not fit in. And I, I can't even really explain why it's just like really, really weird to me. I, I get what you mean because we see it in the American version a lot and usually those people are labelled as the GOAT but the GOAT isn't always somebody who is an obvious GOAT and I think that might be Tom's role this season. Yeah, 
I think he's probably spent a lot of time complaining about why people don't like him and not doing the kind of social work to make people like him. And yeah. you know, that, it's really hard because I, you know, I kind of think that there's got to be more to it than that, but you just, you just never know really. Um, so yeah, but you know, we're getting this, but this whole thing here with this, this Mogaton tribe is kind of becoming a bit of a, like a, oh, what would you call them? Like one of these tribes that gets, you know, a whole lot of them go early and then the ones that are left become like this really, like a bit of a foe foe, you know, like this, just this group that's become really tight because they've kind of been through a few eliminations and the ones that are left are kind of really quite closely bonded and yeah, um, yeah so we have kind of seen that in this episode and we head off to this challenge and these guys really want to win it um, and yeah so I, I'm not entirely sure what that means going forwards but I don't want to talk too much about what's going forwards at, at the expense of what's happening right now you know um so we kind of head into this yeah. this this challenge um and i mean this is a bit of a survivor classic this one um yeah i mean it's no surprise to me that it's shown up on the new zealand version because i think it's a it's cheap <laughs> and um b yeah. i think b i think it actually looks really good like it's one of those challenges that just you know like visually it, it works really well um yeah yeah i mean what what are your kind of takeaways from this challenge well, this is another like classic survivor challenge. I think the first time they had it wasn't it in Thailand. I think. Um, oh, I liked it. I, I like these old school survivor classics. I think they're cool. I think uh, the way it was shot, we couldn't really see the balls flying into the into the net things, but whatever. I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think it worked really well. Um, it, it's kind of a foolproof challenge, eh? and it's one that gets used a lot in recent seasons. You know, like it had a bit of a, as you say, kind of we saw it in Thailand, but it's had a bit of a resurgence in, you know, in later seasons. One of the things yeah. I find in the American one is when you kind of get this this mismatch and somebody's just kind of like, you know, the whole Sala Nate thing, is mm -hmm. that there's, there's, you know, when that happens, you tend to see in the American one that they switch it up and, you know, somebody moves and, you know, trying to put your better person somewhere else. And we didn't really get that on this one a little bit. Um, so, so yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. And the other thing I found really interesting, and this is going to come up again while we're talking, is these guys are so free with their information to each other, right? Eh? Like, so Sala and Nate are having this good old chat. Um, I know. Like, to me, I think there's something missing in the story, and I think it's that these guys maybe were not on complete lockdown before the game started, because Sala and Nate, like, there was that whole thing in the first episode about, you know, Nate was really gutted because he wasn't on the tribe with all his buddies. It's like, yeah. how could you be buddies? Because he's not supposed to talk beforehand. And I'm yeah. getting this feeling that maybe they weren't in such tight, tight lockdown that Nate and Sala almost had something pre-game sorted out, because, you know, when we get into the tribe swap, obviously, those two just, like, they're just in sync straight away. And yeah. to, to me, it's just... It's a really weird little thing that's going on there. I can't really work out exactly what's happening. But, yeah, to me... Well, with, I... with that and what you were saying about why uh, Tom is disliked, Shay even said that she didn't like him right from the very, very beginning. So I think you might be onto something with the whole pre-game exposure that they had to each other. Yeah, it might be something to just keep on the back burner and try and ask one of these guys later on down the road because, um, yeah, it's it's something that keeps coming up to me and I think there's got to be a reason for it. Um, one of the other things I really like about this challenge is I don't think it's one that, I mean, Nate obviously gets a bit of the run around here, but generally speaking, I don't think you have to be a massive kind of athlete to do well on this challenge. And, you know, I think Salah, if this is a, a challenge that he just really excels at. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think, you know, you can see Jack does really well. Um, and I like challenges like that where you don't, you don't have to be an absolute superstar to, to do well in it. So I really yeah. enjoyed this challenge. I thought it was it was well shot. It looked really good. Um, yeah, and I think probably the, the prize was a little bit naff, but 
Um, other than that, I think it was it was really enjoyable. What was the prize? So it's just fishing gear, basically. That's um, right. Yeah, yeah. But having said that, I mean, we see that that Mogaton are actually putting it to use, and they're actually, you know, they're managing to get a bit of fish, which is pretty impressive, really. Um, because you know, from what I know about this beach and where they are, like fishing and basically doing anything in the ocean is hard work you know because yeah. it's basically like you know if, if i'm going to make a new zealand comparison here it would be like doing survivor in raglan you know there's no real there's no lagoons it's a surf beach basically and yeah. um, you know actually getting in the water and doing any fishing would just be a nightmare so the fact that they're actually catching fish is pretty impressive really good for them yeah yeah no they're kicking ass that's pretty impressive but i mean mogaton actually run away with this thing as well eh? like it's not even really close um yeah they, they kind of just absolutely run away with it so yeah so it's um it, it's pretty impressive really um i don't know that we need to really go too much more into the challenge other than that i kind of just want to bring up a little bit that one of the things i found really jarring about this is that as soon as we kind of finish the challenge we then go back and we and you know mogaton's got this great moment where they've done well and they've succeeded in a challenge and they're turning things around and then bang we're straight back into talking about what's going to happen at redemption island and to me i think things are out of kilter here a little bit i think we should be doing redemption island first deal with those issues and then move on with the challenge like to me i don't think you should be going into team challenges and then back to redemption island i don't know yeah yeah it's it's tricky it's, it's a little messy the way they've handled redemption island I think, just personally, um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's a, a it's a little too messy. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're just coming from the American perspective where Redemption Island was the very first thing you kind of do. Because I, I do kind of like the whole Redemption Island Caps episode and so somebody's goes at the end of the episode. I think that that's quite quite tidy as well. Because one thing I didn't like about the American one, if I'm being completely honest, is that, you know, you had these points where... You know, the big moment in a Survivor episode should be somebody getting eliminated, and on those Redemption Island seasons, it would be somebody going in the middle of an episode, which always felt a bit weird. So it's quite nice yeah. that, you know, you kind of finish with, you know, Tony kind of going out at the end of the episode, and that's his story complete at the end of the episode. So that that kind of worked as well. I didn't, yeah, so, yeah, it's just a bit messy. I think this whole, you know, two nights a week thing is has got its speed bumps. I think... To me, it kind of slows the pace down a little bit. We're so used to the American version is so formulaic, eh? Like it's just everything about it is just like completely down. Polished, know, yeah. yeah, yeah. And this is we're still trying to work out the kinks here a little bit. So it'd be it'd be interesting to see if things change as we go along. Um, yeah. Well, so. I think with the double episodes, I, I don't know if you watched all of the Australian version uh, last year, but I felt like we really got to know the Australian cast. And I think now we're, we're, we're getting to know everybody. Nobody's really getting an invisible edit, which I think is good. And I think that comes from the two episodes a week. Uh, I don't think that they're utilizing the two episodes to the full potential as far as storytelling goes, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it at the moment. It's, it's not bugging me yet. I think probably the thing I'm finding hardest about it is really the, it's just too many camp scenes on top of each other. I think if there was another challenge in there, it probably wouldn't be so bad. But the fact that you've got like camp scene on top of camp scene on top of camp scene makes yeah. it really hard. And, you know, to me, I, I find that quite difficult because there's only so many times you can show, oh, you know, Tom and Georgia, oh, sorry, um, Mike and Georgia have got a really tight bond, you know, that, that this is happening at Marga Time, like, you, only, yeah. you, only, you can only show that so many times before you've seen it all. Um, yeah. And the action at this point is not... And you wouldn't expect it, to be fair. You know, we're 10 days in. These guys are not going to be totally, like, thinking about, 
you know what's going to happen on day thirty. They're still they're still early in the game, really. Um, yeah. And so I think yeah, I think you're right. We're potentially not using that time as well as we could do. Um, but also it's yeah, it's a funny way of doing it. And um, I'll be the first to admit that I actually gave up on the Australian Survivor because I just couldn't deal with episode after episode where nobody went home. That drove yeah. me up the wall. And to me, a Survivor episode should always finish with somebody going out. And at least in the defence of this one, you've got either somebody going out with Redemption Island or a Tribal Council at the end of each episode. So I'm still pretty happy. Like it still feels like we're making progress. So yeah, um, at, yeah. At this point, I'm okay. I think I could probably do with that second. Oh, sorry, that first episode being only an hour long. I don't think it needs to be 90 minutes long. Um, and I actually think if the, if it went down to to 90 minutes, uh, sorry, to 60 minutes, it would feel like a pretty tight ish episode i think yeah. it's that extra 30 minutes that just seems to be dragging it a little bit at the moment yeah well it's not giving us anything new it's all just same old same old yeah yeah pretty yeah. much yeah so i mean we seem to be kind of cranking through this but i, I think probably we're going to get into a little bit more detail later in the episode so unless you've got anything else i think we can probably head to redemption island yep yeah and i think probably for me i was straight away worried when we were at Redemption Island after only an hour, and I thought this isn't good for Lou, um, because you know we got that little scene of her, you know, cutting her foot and not feeling all that well, and then yeah. we're at Redemption Island with half an hour to go. I'm thinking, oh yeah, no, this this doesn't look good, um, yeah. and you know, obviously we're going to get into that shortly, but um, yeah, no, we we head off to Redemption Island, and, and Izzy's pretty sick of Tom and uh, of Tony, and I'm thinking, you know, regardless of the outcome here, I think Izzy's going to be pretty happy because she'll be she'll be rid of Tony, <laughs> but, and and to be and, all fairness like i really liked tony i think he he gave us something really cool but i think he's the kind of guy that probably you know he tells the same story over and over and you do probably get a little bit sick of it and um so i can totally understand that from 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 izzy's perspective as well yeah i think he'd definitely be a type of person to take in small doses yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally yeah, and so we kind of get to this challenge, and um, obviously we're going to have the showdown between Tony and, and um, Shay. And, um, you know, total class to Shay, you know, like Tony's just dishing it out to her, and she's just like, oh, yeah, you know, I've got no bad feelings towards him, you know, he can do what he wants type of thing. And, yeah. yeah, I thought she just totally nailed it, eh? Like the, the, and I think probably Shay's had a bit of a turn in terms of her character in this last episode, um, where she's probably not looking as good as maybe she was earlier on. Um, yeah. But, but, yeah, she handled that so well. Oh, she handled that perfectly. You couldn't have done it better. That was yeah. like the perfect response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, what were you thinking, kind of going into this this challenge? Did you did you think Tony was going to win? Because I mean, I know we talked at the end of the last episode that yeah, Tony's winning this. You know, is he sh challenges? And um, you know, I just totally expected that. Yeah, yeah. I. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was expecting Tony to win, but I I really like how. <laughs> It would cut back and forth between Izzy and Tony, and Tony's like going hard out, hard out, working his way through it. And then you cut to Isabel, and she's, you know, seems very chill and making her way through, and she's ahead, but she didn't seem to be like powering through it like Tony was unsuccessfully. Yeah, I, I think... thought it was a little bit funny. Yeah, well, I think probably this is one of those challenges that's kind of made for you know, female, somebody slightly smaller that can kind of get through those gaps a little bit quicker. But they did both seem like they were kind of like in slow motion a little bit. It was kind of quite <laughs> funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like Tony just went in with like total confidence. He's like, I'm going to see Shay here and I'm going to beat her. And, you know, and then they just kind of cut to Izzy and she's kind of like, yeah, I'm going to give it my best shot. And at that point, I'm like, Izzy's winning this. You know, like I've just got this feeling like that, you know, they're just going to, they're playing it up and, and Izzy's going. 
and um, I, I think we just got to a natural point where Tony's story kind of had nowhere to go so it kind of felt like this was a natural ending for him really because I didn't I just didn't think we could deal with week after week of him talking about Shay and I'm going to beat her and blah 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 like the story just didn't have legs for that so it did feel like a really natural conclusion to that yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with that. Yes. So, I mean, did you like this challenge? I mean, obviously, we've seen variations of this before. This is the one that I always think of as the heroes versus villains. You know, like um, Candace versus Rob. You know, like that's the kind of yeah. classic to me. Um, and yeah, like I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was quite good, and I, I like the elements of having to kind of like dig under the sand and stuff as well. I thought it was a little bit different. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was just a little bit different to how we see it in the American version. But yeah. I thought it worked. I, I liked it. I think one of the things, and I, I, I'm probably going to um, go back on this later in the episode when we talk about the challenge in the next episode, but um, I've actually been quite impressed with how they've managed to do minimalist-type challenges and make them look really good. Yeah. Uh, like, none of them have been like, you know, some of those American ones are like these massive set designs and it's a huge maze. And, you know, you know that that thing took weeks to build and like thousands and th- probably, you know, like tens of thousands of dollars to build. And, yeah. um, you know, like, we're never going to see that on the New Zealand version. Like, it's this is this is definitely a lower budget and you can see it's a lower budget in places. But I think yeah. in the challenges, like, and, you know, they're obviously a lower budget, but they're doing the absolute best they can with that. And, uh, you know, I've been really impressed with the challenges. I think it's something that we probably probably need to point out a little bit more well i don't think that the low budget does anything terrible to the aesthetic of it because it's it's survivor it's supposed to look rustic so having the challenges look less uh showy compared to the american version i think it's fine i think it works yeah yeah i think yeah. um just just one thing i just say uh, i love that the producers couldn't resist having the um up the short shot of izzy as she starts that challenge as well like the go yeah. shot <laughs> it's like come on guys you know, so you couldn't help yourself so <laughs> but yeah so i mean i really enjoyed the challenge i thought they did a really good job with it and um, i'm pleased to see izzy still there like i don't feel like she's probably the one that's gonna gonna come back into the game based on what we've seen but you never know um but you know i'm kind of glad she's there for another week i think that that's that's cool um one thing i do kind of like about this is that you know traditionally i guess probably apart from blood versus water like traditionally we've seen like people go on these long runs at at redemption island in the american versions and i like the fact that we've kind of like people just coming in and they're like one and done you know they're kind of gone after just one episode you know one challenge which i kind of quite like well as he will be Oh, no, I was going to say Izzy would be the first person to do two, but Tony did two, didn't he? Yeah, I like what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, think, I think it keeps things interesting because you kind of don't feel like, you know, it, there's an obvious person that's coming back or, or anything like that. And, um, yeah. yeah, I think it kind of works quite well. So, yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed what we got here. And obviously, um, you know, you got kind of that sweet moment at the end where, you know, Izzy kind of like, or Tom kind of, sorry, Tony kind of congratulates Izzy and, you know, like it's kind of like, even after all this bravado, like he kind of goes out with a little bit of a, you know, a bit of a a nice moment, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what the reaction is to to Tony going forwards because, I mean, I think I've been quite clear that I I really enjoyed what he brought to the game. I wouldn't have been angry to see him come back in because I think he would have been a firecracker coming back into the game. But I'm also... I can understand why a lot of people probably are quite pleased to see him go, that that story was kind of annoying them. Um, so I think probably overall for the show, we've probably got what we wanted out of Tony, and um, we can move on and be and be pretty happy with that, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sorry, Tony. Yeah, yeah. No, we enjoyed it, <laughs> and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to Tony at some point. And, um, you yeah, know, I really look forward to having that conversation because I think he's going to have lots to say. And, um, yeah, so we look forward to talking to you soon, hopefully, Tony. Uh, but, yeah, so we can move on from that. Izzy's going to stay on, on uh, Redemption Island. We'll come back to her next week. Um, but, yeah, then we get this, this pretty intense scene where um, Lou is not looking good. I mean, you know, like, I don't know what you thought, but, like, I was just looking at those scenes. I thought, she is done. There's no way she's coming back into this game. Yeah, I was instantly thinking, um, like, Treasure Island, Lana Cocroft sort of thing. <laughs> it kind of reminded what me a... of, like, Sorry, I was just going to say, it reminded me a little bit of Dana from Philippines. You know, like, kind of this, like, just, like, she couldn't do anything. She's kind of just, like, lying there. Yeah, what a suck way to go out. That's I, I don't like my Survivor episodes to have a quit or somebody medically taken out. Um, somebody being medically taken out, though, that would suck so bad, man. Yeah, and I mean, we, we might as well not, not try and dice it up how the show did in terms of, like, keep it a bit of a secret. Like, obviously, we, we know from the next episode that Lou's gone. Um, yeah. She's not coming back into this game. And um, I just think, like, just the regret that must be for her that, you know, because I think if you get voted out, at least you know, you're kind of like, well, you know, that that was it. I had my chance and I blew it or, you know, I got blindsided or whatever. But yeah. when, when you get medically evacuated, it's kind of like, you just never know. Like, I could have won this game and it's quite, you know, you, there's just so many unknowns. So it's just got to be such a hard way to go out. And I think we'd well, be leaving it unfinished, which would suck. Yeah, exactly. And I think Lou had, had a reasonable had a reason to believe that she was going to be around for quite a long time in this game. I don't think she was in any danger of going out any time early. Um, so that kind of makes it even worse. Yeah, she was, yeah. She was going to be around, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing I want to point out is, like, <laughs> we, we get to the, the, this medical team comes in, and it's just the most blasé doctor you've ever met in your life. Like, if, <laughs> if, this, was, if this was me, and I walked in, it's like, doctor, I've got a really bad cough, you know, I'm not feeling sick, and he's like, yeah, something's going on internally. I would have been like, well, no shit. It's like, <laughs> that much is obvious, eh? It's just like something's going on internally. Like, um, I, I, I don't want to discredit you, doctor, you know, but, um, you know, what kind of MD are you? I mean, even I could figure that much out. I liked how it sort of reminded me how you were talking about the contrast and the editing between uh, happy Shannon and then moody Tom. It was like jumping from Matt who's looking like terrified and shocked like oh my god what is happening and then to the doctor who's all like yeah yeah not too good <laughs> yeah, but just like he's like um the, how they go to him like what's the chance to come back to the game he's like 50 50 but just even the way he said it was like i've got better things to do can we just cut this bitch out of here and get yeah. so, I, so i can get back to the you know the bar or whatever but yeah, it's just it's just like so like laid back. It was just ridiculous, really. Yeah, it was super chill, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I think probably this is where the big difference is between like New Zealand and and um, American Survivor because you know when you have a moment like this on American Survivor, like it's milked for everything it's worth. They eh? like you yeah. just get the emotions and the music and all that kind of stuff. And this was just kind of like you know these guys were like, oh, that's really not good, and you know we hope Lou's going to be alright, and then it's like. Eh, time to move on you know like it's just that to me it was just such a kiwi reaction to kind of how things are done it's just like eh, okay i guess i guess that sucks but you know it's time to keep going really yeah uh, yeah it's like it's just i don't really know what else to say about it it was just like the one thing i will say that i'm really really disappointed in is that we never really got a final words from lou at all and i think that's really gutting like 
Yeah. I would have liked to have seen some words for her, and I guess they probably just couldn't find a way to show it. Um, mm. But I would really have liked to have seen a little bit more from, from Lou about, you know, afterwards when she's back home or, you know, at the hospital or whatever. Um, and hopefully we're going to find well, some stuff out about that in the next few days about exactly what happened and all that kind of stuff because it kind of feels like there's a whole lot left unanswered. And, you know, I, I remember even, like, was was there anything like when Scoop and when he went out in, in the Outback, did they do, like, a little thing at the end where it was like I'm okay. They did enough. No, no. They just gave him a, like a final words, little confessional thing of him talking about uh, how the playing of the game was where it was fun for him, yeah. and that winning would be anticlimactic. But they did for like Terry and his son. They showed him at the end talking with his son about his whatever was wrong with him. Yeah. 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 No, I just think it was a really missed opportunity to kind of just go back to Lou and you know just put a cap on her story because I think that that sucks a little bit too much that you know we never actually kind of see what the outcome was for her in the end and yeah I just uh, yeah really really sorry for her and I hope we get to get a little bit more information about what happened because yeah not a great way for that storyline to end and um, yeah so I mean obviously no. we're going to talk a little bit more when we get to the challenge about oh sorry the tribe swap when we kind of get to this but um, yeah I mean it was just. I think it was quite a good way to end the episode, um, but at the same time, yeah. if, they'd, if they'd ended the episode with, oh, she's not coming back, then at least we could have ended that episode with a little outro from her basically saying, oh, you know, this is you know, this really sucks, this blah, 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 blah. But we kind of got nothing, and that was a little bit disappointing. Yeah. Mm. So I guess that probably just ends that episode. So we can probably just quickly do our kind of, uh, you know, buy it, rent it or bin it on that episode. I mean, what's what's kind of your take overall on that first uh, 90 minutes that we got on the Sunday night? I'm going to say what I said last week, except this time I'm going to stick with it. I would rent it with the intention of never watching it. <laughs> that is just, it's like the weirdest thing in the world. Like, why would you do that? Is it just like you... I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like kind of like buying like a box set, eh? Like, you know, you hate one of the movies and it. it's like buying the Spider-Man box set. You know, nobody wants to watch Spider-Man 3, but you kind of got to be a completionist and buy the whole lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. so you, you kind of don't have a choice. It's kind of in the box, and, and if you're going to buy it or rent it, it's going to be there whether you're going to watch it or not. So maybe we'll just give you a pass on that. I'm sure if Ben was here, he would push you on it, but, you know, us kids have got to look <laughs> out for each other, so, you know, I'll let you go with that one. Um, I guess I guess for me it's a, a, it is a bit of a renter. I'm not sure that there was anything particularly huge that happened in the episode, and I guess that's always my benchmark is, like, is this an episode you have to see in order to get what happens in this show? And so I, yeah. get, I guess, like, last week we talked about it being a bit of a caveat and like I think Lou going has actually accelerated the game and not not because of her or anything but I think it's probably just moved everything up a week um, to the point where things are now starting to move quite quickly and you know like I and I kind of made the point that um, you know with Lou going and it's always a case when there's a medevac there's always somebody benefits from a medevac um, and for me it's Tom like Tom has totally benefited from this medevac he was in a really bad position and oh, now, yeah. now all of a sudden um, even if they hadn't had a tribe swap you know Tom was probably going to be quite a, a, a crucial component for that Mogaton tribe and going forwards, you know, with only four mm -hmm. of them. Um, he's done really well on the tribe swap, so he's he's really, really lucky because of what's happened. Um, and I think 
I think um, obviously, you know, with everything that happens with the tribe swap, you know, Nate and Barb have really benefited from it as well. So by by Lou going out and the way she has is potentially kind of moved everything up a little bit and um, has probably actually changed the game more than any kind of twist or anything like that kind of is. And so in that regards, it might actually be a really important point, but we're not going to know that for a little while yet. So for me, it's another it's another renter and uh, we might come back. Um, in terms of enjoyability, you know, I'm definitely enjoying these um, these second episodes a little bit more because the action's just a little bit quicker. The pacing just feels a little bit better to me. It feels like a traditional Survivor episode a little bit more. Whereas yeah. the first episode, I just I still can't really get my head around the way it's kind of been put together. Um, so yeah, I mean... Um, yeah, it's a renter for me at this point, and we can kind of move on to the, the second episode. The one thing I will say is that I, d I don't know what you knew about there being a tribe swap or not, um, but um, we actually kind of got a little bit spoiled on that last week because um, we had that moment where in one of the scenes, Sala was talking and he had a purple buff on, and that managed to yeah. get through. That got through the editors. I'm not entirely sure how that happened, but um, I don't know if you noticed or not, but we had a scene from that same confessional in this episode, and mm. um, Sala's talking, and the, the purple buff is very badly coloured in orange. It's quite obvious that it's a, that it's a purple <laughs> buff that's been coloured in. So, yeah, I mean, I, I knew that this tribe swap was on its way. Um, I mean, did you... I mean, you, you must have known about that as well, because I think we may have even talked about that. Yeah, well, I saw it in the preview, and I thought, did I just see a purple buff on his head? And then I saw it after I spoke to you guys. You said that it was on Twitter or something, and then I saw it online as well. I was like, oh, okay, I didn't imagine that. So, yeah, the switch was no surprise. Yeah, and I mean, in terms of your thinking around it, do you think it's good timing? I think it's, it's probably the only timing that they could have done one now. Yeah. So, yeah. So what are we down to? Like, we're down to 12 people in the game, right? And two it's... of them are on Redemption Island? Yeah. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, there's the five five on each team and... Oh, Izzy right, because Shannon. Shannon, Shannon's going to come back in. Because Shannon's yeah. going to come back in, and then we're going to have Izzy and Georgia on Redemption Island. Right, okay. So, like, for me, I don't know what you're feeling about pacing-wise, but... Um, one of the things I'm really thinking about is these guys seem to be talking about the merge a lot. And uh -huh. for me, I find that really weird that we know we're episode, well, we're week three and we're talking about the merge. It seems quite strange to me. And I kind of feel like these guys have had the merge hammered into their head and how important it is to make the merge. Um, uh -huh. But I think the second part of that is it's probably actually not that far away because I'm picking we're probably going to merge at nine people left in the game. Um, and if we're merging at nine in the game with one person coming back from Redemption Island at that point to make ten, well then we're actually not that far away mm -hmm. from that. You know, we're actually pretty close to that now. So um, another another couple of weeks and we might be there. So um, it's crazy to think, you know, because it feels like we only just started the season. But I guess we're six episodes in really. And um, you know, I think the merge probably couldn't come soon enough for this game because I think probably next week feels pretty predictable unless it's. Her, her most are going back to tribal council but anyway probably getting a little bit ahead of ourselves um yeah i mean this merge to me was a lot of fun and um, i think i've made the comment that um incorrectly of course that there's never been a tribe swap in a redemption island season which of course blood versus water blows that out of the water but um I, yeah. I, li I like the idea of these two tribes now mixing it up and it makes redemption island more important because these two guys are thinking about you know they're starting to think about where they might 
be sending people to Redemption Island and, and things like that. And yeah. uh, you know, as we get down to it, and if they know that they're coming up to emerge and somebody's, and they seem to do, the way they're talking, it kind of makes me think that they know that somebody's coming back from Redemption Island at the time of the merge. I don't know mm-hmm. if you picked up on that, but it seems to be something that they're talking about a few times. So I think they know that. Um, and so I think they'll start thinking about, well, if we've got somebody on Redemption Island at the moment who's not going to help us if they come back into the game, then maybe mm-hmm. we need to send somebody there that we can... But like, I mean, would at what point do you have a conversation with somebody like Lee or Mike and say, look, take one for the team, do an Aussie, take one for the team, go to Redemption Island, beat that other person and come back into the game and we'll have the numbers? Like, yeah. it's probably not going to happen, but the, the whole idea is that that conversation could start to, to happen now. Well, I hope that there is a Redemption Island re-entry and then it gets scrapped, the whole Redemption Island thing. But I'm a little bit cautious with that hope because we're at, are we at, what, what day are we at? Are we even at like day 12? I think, I think we're at 12 now, yeah. Okay, well then there's what? It's for 40 days, we've got 12 people left. If we're having a final two or a final three, I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's one more challenge, one or one more tribal council, sorry, then emerge. So I don't know. I'm interesting. I'm interested to see when the how Redemption Island and the merge and everything is going to happen. But I suppose it's all just a big wait and see, really. Yeah, yeah. I feel that these guys want to get to emerge pretty quickly. Um, it just seems to be that everybody's talking about it almost from this. Excuse me, from the start of the game, and that seems yeah. to be really strange to me. I'm not quite sure why you would be talking about it so early. Um, so I, I think there is a reason behind that. I think that these guys have been had it talked into them, and I think we're probably going to get to emerge sooner rather than later. I mean, what's the earliest we've ever had it on the American season? It feels like we've had one at about like day 17, 18. I think, I think like 13 people left was like the earliest, wasn't it? I, yeah, it's always a little bit screwed up on like, because I remember kind of watching, um, maybe it was at last season or whatever, um, on the American one, and thinking mm-hmm. like, these guys are talking about the end game like really early because it's like final eight, final nine, and then you actually think about days, and they're on like day 34. And it's like, well, of course they're talking about the end because it's only five days away. But was that like of, Millennials versus I think X? so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's kind of a bit the same with this this Game Changers as well. And I think this is actually going to be the opposite. Like, we're going to be talking about, you know, final situations, and there's still like 12 days left to go. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think probably we're going to have two come back from Redemption Island because I think we're going to need to, um, especially with now that we've lost somebody from, uh, you know, like kind of out of that completely. So yeah, yeah. I think Lou going, has, if they weren't thinking about it before, then they're definitely thinking about it now because they're going to need to almost to fill up those spots. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. But, um, yeah, I guess we're bearing the lead here a little bit. You know, we need to talk about this this. Um, this tribe swap and did you like the whole idea of like you know five on each tribe and then somebody gets a black buff and goes to redemption island for 24 hours is that something that you kind of like yeah i thought i thought that worked the only problem i had was the um the divisions that the new shake-up i'm I'm not pleased with how it all in what regard turned out well, with I think with the new Hamosa tribe, I think it's going to be quite predictable with what happens. You've got Shay and Tom with the three from the original Hamosa five, so big surprises what will happen there. And then with the new, um, oh, did I say Hamosa or Mogaton? With the with the new uh, Hamosa tribe with. Uh, 
Georgia and the older two with the two from Mogaton, it, it didn't seem very um, suspenseful. There was no surprise. I thought it was all kind of obvious with what was going to happen. Mm. Yeah, I, I kind of get what you're saying there a little bit. Um, I think probably the one thing I'm thinking is that with that whole Shannon thing to me, I just I don't buy that Shannon's suddenly just going to be gone from the game in the same way Georgia was. Like, I think there's more going on there. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but I kind of get the feeling that they're bigging up her story for a reason. And, um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, for me, I think potentially we saw the start of what the argument could be to get rid of Salah. You know, that he's a really nice guy. Do you really want him around? Um, you know, you could potentially keep me around. And I think, to be fair, I think Shannon's actually done a good job of still trying to keep relationships open between Nate and Barb and herself. So I think, yeah. you know, whereas George has kind of tried to do this absolute bullshit argument about, oh, I'm going to work with you and blah, blah, blah. Of course, mm -hmm. it, of course it didn't come across as in any way... Um, legitimate or genuine because she's made no effort to as far as we can see from the show made no yeah. effort to kind of get to know these guys beforehand because she didn't need them um whereas i think you know shannon has done that a little bit so yeah i think there's there's a potential there that those guys might want to work with her um i guess we're just going to have to see how that plays out but um i do feel there's some suspense on the hamosa tribe so you know for me i'm really going to be i'm really going to be rooting for mokaton to win these challenges because yeah like i say that like you're saying there's no interest in them going to tribal council because we know what's going to happen so yeah. yeah yeah i would um i'm a little bit bummed that my five alliance has been disbanded. Because, oh, you like the Brat Pack? Well, I didn't like them initially. I didn't really like Mike and I didn't really like Georgia. And then they sort of grew on me when they were being, you know, outwardly douchey. So <laughs> I'm, I, I know you don't like the term heroes and villains, but I sort of root for the villains. I like the bad guys. And I think that five were the douchebags of the season. So I was on team five. Well, I think the only problem with them that I didn't like was that none of them seemed to be playing the game particularly well. Um, you know, like none of them were kind of really thinking about what's next. Um, they were pretty open about their plans. And, you know, that's never good. You always want to keep options open. And those guys seem to be pretty happy to close options off pretty quickly. Um, so I thought that that was a, a bit of a dumb move on their part. They just remind me so much of that Samburu alliance. from. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. Like the Samburu alliance. They're so dumb. But then the flip side, the alternative to them is all the like nice guys that are all oh you know we're one big happy family we love each other which i don't like as well yeah it's um it's funny because like to me i think that whole thing about you know people go to tribal council and it hardens them and they get mm. better at playing the game the more well i mean that's natural either the more you go to tribal council the better you're going to get at the game and yeah. um and so i think this mogaton group have actually kind of become better players because they've had to go there and i think you you know you think the likes of um mike and you know who and lee you know they haven't actually been to tribal council since day one and that was like yeah. the most straightforward easy vote in the world and mm. you know these guys are actually going to be pretty fresh-faced when they next go to a tribal council and they might just get eaten alive and like I, the more the, the show is going on the more i think rv is just going to eat these guys alive eh? like he just he seems to have everything lined up everybody loves him um so yeah i, I like i can just see him just like taking these guys to the cleaners you know like because they just they don't seem to be thinking outside of let's get a comfy alliance and stay there yeah and even with like georgia's like argument to keep her and the strategizing that we saw from her it didn't it, it, it just seemed too timid for survivor as well and i think we would have seen more 
uh, aggression and strategy had they spent more time at tribal council. Yeah, totally. And I mean, uh, that whole thing about Survivor, about you, you actually don't know if people are telling you the truth. The, the only way you know is when they vote. And yeah. you know, like that, and that loyalty has never actually been tested. And, you know, like the whole thing about Shannon, would, would Shannon have pulled the trigger and actually stuck with their alliance or would she have decided, oh, hey, look, I need to get rid of the, you know, would I, I need to get rid of Mike or whoever. And, you know, mm. we'll, we'll never know the answer to that question now. And, you know, it will be different when that eventually does have to happen at some point. Uh, but we're never going to actually find that out. And I, uh, to me, I think, like, yeah, I'm just not sure that those guys are actually really playing the game. I think they probably think they're playing a really solid game because they're just in these tight alliances. But yeah. the reality is, is that they're making no, you know, no secrets of who they're aligned with. And that never works out well. No, well, that just shows that they they might strategically have a clear way of getting to the end that they've got it mapped out, but that is where they are lagging majorly with their social game. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, yeah. and I think probably we just we should actually just you know um, do our jobs here and actually point out who's on each tribe. So you know our new our new uh, Mogaton tribe is uh, so who have we got? We've got Tom, we've got um, Shay, we've got Mike, Mike we've got Jay. Lee. And Lee, yep, that's yeah. our five. Yep, and then on the other, the other, the Hamosa tribe. So we've got uh, Nate, we've got Barb, we've got Arvi, we've got Sala, and we did have Georgia. Um, and so yeah. obviously now we've now got um, Georgia's going to be replaced by Shannon on that tribe. So th those are kind of our. So, so Shannon was the last one to pick, got the black buff, um, and she's off to Redemption Island to hang out with Izzy. There's obviously nothing interesting there to report because those two, um, we never saw them again after this episode. So I think there was probably, <laughs> probably a little bit of a mixed opportunity there because it would have been, you know, quite. I don't know if, if Izzy knew somebody was coming, but you know, somebody that she was totally not expecting, you know, like an RV or somebody like that, like rolls up to Redemption Island, she would have been in complete shock. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, if, if it had been somebody that meant something to her, that might have been quite a cool moment to have on camera, but it obviously just didn't really mean anything. So, yeah, we kind of just, we kind of, you know, didn't even go there, actually. So, yeah, so, I mean, those are our, our two new tribes. And um, like you say, um, it, it kind of looks pretty cut and dry where things are going. The other thing, too, is it feels like that Mogaton tribe, that new one is absolutely stacked. Eh? Like, I can't see them losing a challenge anytime soon. No, they they are in a good spot. Yeah, and the yeah. thing is, the thing is, is that the majority of the other tribe probably won't care because you know they they actually don't. It's not really a big big deal to them if they keep losing. They've got somebody to get rid of first anyway. I think what yeah. would be really interesting is you know next week they lose, Shannon goes, and then they lose again, and that would be really interesting because we would have a like a, a two two lockdown, and that yeah. could be that could be really fascinating if that happens. So um, yeah, I'd. You say it'd be boring. It might be boring for one week, but then I think we could get into some real action there. So, yeah, it'd be, be fascinating to see what happens if we got down to that situation. Well, that situation would be cool because not only with that potentially happening, then we'd potentially also have Shannon versus Georgia on Redemption Island, which yeah. would be a nice showdown as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's definitely um, some stuff to chew over there going forward. So I don't want to say that we're, we're in a bad situation here. I think that um, there's some definite stuff to kind of look forward to going going ahead. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, in terms of these two, I, I think probably one thing I skipped over a little bit was that, you know, prior to this tribe swap, we've got Barb basically saying, I don't want to play this game. You know, this is dumb. I want to go home. Um, and then, you know, as soon as she gets in a good position, she's like, yep, I'm back. I want to play this game. I mean, what what are you feeling about Barb at this point? Oh, I don't like that. I would. I applied to be on Survivor and I didn't get picked. So if I was on there, I would not be saying this sucks. I want to go home. 
So, boo, Barb, you can be my stupid person of the week. But I do like the position that she's in for her game. But I'm, I'm more of a Nate fan than a Barb fan. Barb is a little too dumb for my liking. But definitely Team Nate. I've, uh, yeah, I mean, I really like Barb pre-season, and um, we're just not getting a whole lot from her, and, and to me that just makes me feel like there's not a lot there to tell us. Like, we've seen yeah. a lot of scenes where she's kind of, like, sitting in the shelter, like, reading her journal or whatever, and, you know, like, to me that just tells me that that's probably what she's doing a lot of. And um, for me, she's like, if you're Nate, you've got to be pretty stoked right now because you're in a much better position. You've got this number two who's basically just going to do whatever you say. Like, you know, Barb's never going to be in a position where she's going to decide, oh, you know, no, nah, I'm, you know, I'm going to do something different from Nate. She's just going to do exactly what he wants her to do. So, yeah. he, so he's in a really good position. And I think, like, he is he's really self-aware like he knows what's going on around him um and you know i'd say he's probably feeding that information through barb uh, so yeah i uh, like nate every time he has like an observation it's always on point like he always seems to know exactly what's going on around him um, i agree 100%, and, yeah. yeah and i mean i know a lot of that's editing but you know like we get back straight you know straight after this challenge and we we get back and nate is just like bang straight onto sala takes him away and it's like you know georgia's georgia's screwed we're voting for georgia and you know like if you're sala the first person that gets to you and says, yeah, I'm voting with you, you're going to be all about that because you're in the minority. So, you know, yeah. Nate's really smart that he's like, well, I've got to get to Sala first, just tell him that I'm with him um, and, you know, like just lock that down straight away. And those yeah, two... Are, like, but, yeah. No, you go. Oh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, you know, that's he's doing everything right at that point. And so I think, Nate, once he's got an opportunity, he's going to take it. And I think he's probably just been sitting back quite frustrated because he hasn't had that opportunity yet. So, you know, I'm really stoked now to see what Nate can do with a little bit of power. It's going to be interesting to see if he's actually got the game that I think he does. Yeah, well, when he was going to show Salah where the toilet was, if I was Georgia, I would have gone with them at that point as well. I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. She shouldn't have, she shouldn't have let um, Nate waddle off with Salah. Bad move, Georgia. Well, I think for me, um, it was quite interesting to, tonight watching Georgia. Like, this is the first time we get to see her with her back against the wall. And I think this is where you get to find out if somebody's a really good survivor player or not. Is it's easy to play the game well when you're in a tight alliance. Nothing's really going to hurt you. Um, you know, but it's the moment that you realise, shit, if I don't do something here, I'm gone. Yeah. How, how do you react? And I think Georgia just didn't have it tonight. And, uh, you know, I, I was getting into a, a little bit of an argument on Twitter with people around, you know, was Georgia saying the right things at Tribal Council? And to me, I think she said one right thing, and then she just went right off the rails, you know, like just completely kind of just went the wrong way. And I think what I've seen with Nate is that when he's in a bad position, he's just going to push and push and push, and he's not going to stop. And, we, and that's probably going to pay off quite nicely for him now that he's in a good position. So, yeah, I mean, and I think we've totally been set up to see Nate as a bit of a hero. So I, I'd expect him to be somebody that's going to go quite a long way in this game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I guess we probably just need to backtrack a little bit because um, straight after this, this tribe swap, um, you know, um, Shannon gets her black buff and she smiles as she always does and mm -hmm. um, yeah and then we um, she heads off to Redemption Island and we get into this challenge and um, yeah after saying that I thought the challenges have been pretty good so far this was an absolute fizzer for me like it, I hate this challenge and that's not a knock on New Zealand Survivor I've hated it when I've seen it on the American one because it just it looks like the kind of thing you do it like a team building thing at work you know like it's just it's just so ho-hum it's so like intermediate um, confidence course yeah. sort of challenge. It's yeah, like totally. lame. 
yeah that sucks <laughs> yeah yeah it's just one of those things it's like oh, yeah whatever let's just let's just get this done and move on and I, you know i've said in the past that challenges are not really why i watch this show and um there's times in you know what's been happening at camp has been so interesting i wouldn't care if they flipped a coin and just continued on you know the winner the winner of the to- the coin toss you know goes on yeah. to an immunity like i wouldn't care and this is one of those situations where like the challenge just was it was just take it or leave it for me and um yeah i think if if the hermosa tribe had any chance of winning a challenge this was probably the only one they were going to win and um it was a pretty pathetic display so yeah that was that was the end of that really um so i'm not sure there's anything more we need to talk about here oh well, it would have been more interesting if they had tried to get the entire tribe standing on top of one barrel like how they do on those little perches in the ocean and yeah. some of the american yeah i think that would have been better but this one was just dumb I think um, I remember this one from Worlds Apart when like one of the, it was like a, a post-merge like team challenge and like one of, one of the teams like which is so far behind they gave up and started trying to like just stand on top of the barrels and like walk on the you know like roll the barrels yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah. oh my god you can't imagine that that's going to work no <laughs> yeah so it was just such a ho-hum chart which is why I completely blew past it because it's actually not really that interesting uh, I guess probably the only the only thing here is that you know obviously some of these members of the Malgaton tribe get their hands on the immunity thingy um, and, and that's about the only thing that's of, of any real interest here yeah so we can kind of move on. I mean, we, we actually get this kind of a quite extended scene. And this is the funny thing about doing a, a tribe swap, then an immunity challenge. Like, you actually do have to then go back and spend some time with the winning tribe, even though they're not in danger, you know, because you have to see the reaction to what's happened with the tribe swap. So it's kind of like yeah. a weird thing. That, and I'm not sure, have we ever seen on an American version where we have a tribe swap followed immediately by an immunity challenge? Oh, good question. I know no, we've, had, we've had reward challenges. Uh, yeah, it's usually straight into a reward challenge, never an immunity. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. this is a, a first for for Survivor that I've seen. Anyway, it's probably been on another um, international version at some point. Somebody screaming at their uh, their iPod while we say this, but um, yeah. So I mean, that was an interesting thing for me that we had to then we were forced to then go back and spend quite a bit of time with the winning tribe. And obviously, yeah. this is where we see that Shay's absolutely screwed, and now she's buggered her foot up as well. I mean, for God's sake, people, wear shoes. Um, hey, I reckon. Come yeah, on now. <laughs> I, I I remember years ago. Um, uh, you know the the whole episode of Worlds Apart where Max Dawson's running around naked in one of those first couple of uh, episodes. And yeah. I, and I remember like tweeting to him like because there was a photo of it and it was like he's wearing shoes. And I was like, mm. what on earth are you wearing shoes for? You look like a complete idiot. And he's basically like the the rocks there are so sharp. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's the same beach. And so you know, we're totally proven there that, you know, one person's been taken out potentially because they, you know, they scratched their foot. We're going to find out if that's actually why she got taken out or not. Um, and um, potentially now Shay's done herself an injury as well. So that's not good. Um, but, um, yeah, and, and we see this kind of breakdown from Shay. And, I mean, there's something really interesting about I really like this on Survivor when you see somebody who's been in a good position and suddenly they're they're turfed into a bad position and how they cope with that. And, you know, we've seen lots of variations on it. And, um, you know, like to me, I really bought into what Shay was feeling a lot more than what Georgia was feeling because, you know, for me, I just think that Shay's a you know a, a character that you kind of have a little bit more empathy for because she's been on that Mogaton tribe and lost a little bit whereas you know Georgie you don't really feel that as much with her I guess but you know I did really feel for Shay because you know I think she'd kind of built herself into a reasonable good position and you know the worst case scenario for her is that she ends up on a swap tribe with Tom and that's exactly what happens you know if she'd been there with anybody else yeah. in the tribe she would have been sweet 
and just it must just be so frustrating eh, to like be in a good position you've worked really hard to get into that position and then it all gets taken out from underneath you and you know like what going back to what i was saying before you know like if we're going to see you know how these players react to um you know being in a bad position when they've been in a good position i think Shea's going to do a hell of a lot better with her shot than than georgia did oh well i think i think the reason why it was easier to sympathize with Shea than it was with georgia comparatively Georgia has had a cruisy easy time and all her strategy has been easy where Shay has been in a position where from my perspective she would have been a question mark every single vote why she hasn't been voted out I don't know that must say something about her strategy and even when we see Salah saying again you know if we lose I want to keep winning but if we lose Tom's gone why is it not Shay. So I think she, I think her social game must be better than how she comes across on TV. So I think feeling sorry for her, it was easier to do because I think as a fan of Survivor, we've seen Shay actually playing. Yeah, totally. No, I definitely agree with that. Um, and you know, like I'm, I, I really hope it's not a case of you know we just get Shay gets voted out of the next week. You know, like because I think Shay's got a lot to offer if she gets into a. a, a post-merge situation I think there's a lot going on there for her um, I think she's definitely got a lot of game um, so she's somebody you really want to see stick around to be honest so yeah I, I hope that's not the case I guess we're going to find out next week yeah it should be a good character to have around for the long haul yeah I think so um, yeah. but anyway I mean that's kind of we're just going to kind of park that issue and that might be one of those things again that never gets resolved because this this tribe might not have to go back to tribal council so you know yeah. but again we might get into a similar situation here again where these four guys are like well you know why don't we just throw the challenge and get rid of Shay? you know like that's a that's a realistic thing if, if Mike feels comfortable enough that he's got Tom on side and he actually doesn't even need Tom because he's got his two other guys anyway yeah um, that, there's a very real chance there that he could just say well just throw the challenge at somebody that I don't need around causing me problems at the merge um mm -hmm. let's just get rid of her and you know that's probably a, a, a pretty good you know that might be a situation where because you know the only time that, that the kind of throwing a challenge really makes sense is when it's you know it's after a, a swap and you've got somebody from the opposing tribe with you um you know like kind of like a baran situation where you know ethan and all them throw the challenge to get rid of silas it's a similar type of thing you know um so yeah. I, can, I can see that happening as well so i can actually see like the situation where both these tribes are trying to throw the next challenge because they just mm -hmm. want to lose it and get rid of this person that's there that they don't need. So that's yeah. going to that's going to be quite interesting. Now, if I'm Hermosa, I wouldn't do that because I think you know Shannon's your buffer and you want to try and keep her around for as long as possible so that you yeah. don't get into that situation where it's two versus two. Um, but you know, for the Mogaton guys, I don't think they've got anything to lose by by vote, you know throwing one and voting out Shay, which would be really sad. So I kind of hope that doesn't happen really. Well, I hope it doesn't happen because I don't think she would do well on Redemption Island anyway. No. No, it yeah. doesn't strike me as the type A. Eh? So, yeah, and so I guess we're going to find out next week. But uh, we can go back over to this losing tribe and, and kind of see, you know, what's your overall take on what George is doing? You know, do you think, I mean, what do you think was that if you're in George's position, what's, mm -hmm. your, what's your approach? I would have gone, like, full-on emotional, vulnerable mode on Avi yeah. and just just like piled it on and try and get some sort of sympathy to yeah. come out of him. I didn't, I didn't think she, it, it, it sort of reminded me again of the Australian survivor version when it was Nick and Jenna after the, uh, 
when they got to kidnap a member to come and join their tribe and yeah. she was sitting there with him and he was just basically like, oh, you know, you screwed me over, mate, and me, 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 me. And she was just like, okay, what can I do? Well, look at the situation I'm in. Which I think for Georgia, she, I didn't see very much scrap from her. And then I didn't, I, I, I don't know if it happened or if it just didn't show it, but I would have gone after Barb as well as Nate, and I would have gone after everybody. If I was Georgia, I would have unloaded on everyone. Yeah, I think, I have to assume that she did, and we just didn't see the ones that didn't work. Um, but to me, I kind of made the point that any time she's spending with, um, I mean, if she understands how this game's working, any time she spends trying to convince Nate and Barb that they should stick together because they're the same tribe from the original, like, that's a complete waste of time. And I wouldn't even bother if I were her. I would be going full on on RV and Sala, and um, I would be just trying to sell them on the fact that, you know, Nate and Barb are actually, you know, they're going to go wherever the wind blows. You know, it, I've got numbers on the other side that might be able to help you, or, you know, like something like that that might actually try and, you know, convince those guys to keep her around. Um, yeah. And I guess the problem she's got is that she's made it very, very obvious who she's aligned with. So Nate and Barbara can just be, they're going to be able to give them lots and lots of solid information that shows that that George is not with them. And that's the problem. Like George's prior actions are catching up with her here. And and that's the, that's the big problem really, you know. So um, I don't really think there was any other solution to this problem. You know, like I, I, I think George's only bet was to try and go to RV, who I think is, you know, I think if she could have convinced RV, look, there's a reason to keep her there. And I don't think there was one, but that was probably the only logical place to go. I wouldn't have made any attempt to try and do that with, with her former tribe mates because they're gone and she, and she shouldn't know it she should i think she should have definitely done some sort of placating to barb and nate but her way in was through the original two mogaton tribe members yeah yeah and she, totally. she didn't she didn't grasp it enough yeah yeah, yeah. And, I, and i i guess like you know we just we have various you know we have variations on what she's doing but ultimately that's kind of what i get the whole way through so i mean we can probably just head straight into tribal council actually unless you've got anything else you want to add well, do you remember on Heroes vs. Villains when Sandra says, I'll lie, I don't care, but I'll make up a good lie? Yeah. If I was Georgia, I would have said, I was in the five, I was on the bottom of the five, I'm so glad you two are here. Um, blah, 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 blah. She could have come up with, she was given like the perfect survivor opportunity to sell some solid gold bullshit. Yeah, and, and she could have done, she, what, sorry, wait, she didn't, she didn't take it. Yeah, Which... and I, I think I think what she could have said is she could have said, "Look, I was yeah, I was on the bottom of that five, and I just couldn't get another person to join me. Otherwise, I would have I would have gone with Nate and Barb. Um, yeah, the other four was so tight that I had no other option. And you know, like now I've got an option, and I I know that I need to break up those other four. So yeah. so use me to do that. And you know, potentially the, the only problem is is that Nate and Barb are just as good for that, and um, they, they don't have a prior history of having been in some alliance. So you know, like to me, it, it doesn't kind of make a lot of sense for her. But, you know, we kind of get into, and I think probably one of the big problems that, one of the things she said, and I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but basically it was along the lines of, um, I'll tell anyone anything in order to stay here. And I think that's the last thing you want to hear. You don't want to hear somebody tell you, I'll say whatever I need to say to stay here. Like, a absolutely not. That was so, oh. No, that was like Dee putting her hand up in the beginning. I'll be the villain. I'll be the villain. No, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. And then she also could have said, and I'm on the bottom of this five. 
And those two, Barb and Nate, are tight with Shannon. So Shannon coming back into it, that's three. Yeah. Silly girl. Yeah, and I think, that to be to be totally fair to Georgia, is that she probably did say all these things and they were just edited out. Like, you know, like, I, I, for some reason, I'm a lot more aware of that um, this time around than I am when I'm watching the American version that all this stuff has actually been said, but we, yeah. just, don't, we just don't see it because they want to make they want to make Georgia look a certain way. So, um, you know, in all fairness, Georgia, if you're listening to this, uh, we know that you probably did say all those things and they just didn't make the air. Um, but, you know, like, I think that was probably the only thing that she could have done and we kind of go into this tribal council and for me Georgia starts off with a really solid answer to one of those questions and then just gets worse and worse and it ends up with her basically like she must have been told by everybody that you're going because she ends up with this whole thing at the end going well you know if you go to tribal council I'm just going to beat all your asses and come back into this game and to me it was just like well see ya you know like why let's just vote now you know because if that's your attitude then why even bother with this like that's that's your way forwards in this game, apparently. So, off you go. Well, I think her that shows her maturity level compared to the rest of her group. Because you, you, as non-scary as she may be, that's her making threats, and that doesn't sit well with adults. That might sit. Uh, that might get you what you want when you're dealing with uh, like early twenty-somethings, but nah. Yeah, and I'm just I'm just um, trying to look up what the age difference is there because when, that's actually a really good point. And when you think about you know the other four in that tribe, I mean obviously there's three that have that have got a different age gap between her, and um, you know then probably her and Arvi. You know, mm-hmm. And what's what's the age difference between those two? Do you think? Well, Arvi's like early thirties. She's like mid twenties, isn't she? Yeah, I think there's there's got to be about that that age group, and so you know that's going to make it. So Arvi's thirty two. And um, if mm-hmm. I look down this list somewhere, this is great podcasting. Listening to me scroll through my phone, but uh, you know, you get you get that when the, <laughs> when, the, when the big boss is away, you get that. So she's twenty six, um, so it's only six years. But you know, like you know, I I, I don't know um, what you find with you know a, an age gap of six years can sometimes be quite a lot depending on on who it is. And she's been dealing with people all her own age for the majority of this game. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's um you know it, it's interesting really that. That, that is a big factor is that the age difference is there and you know that's going to make it quite difficult for her to relate to these guys so yeah that's a really good point as well actually so yeah I mean I'm not really sure what else she could have done um, I, I mean yeah I, I think as soon as she drew out that buff she was she was toast and you know there's really nothing she could have done she could have potentially made it slightly better or worse but uh, you know I don't think there was really anything that was going to change its result at the end of the day nah and I mean, I mean, what did you think about in terms of if this was the American version? I feel like we would have got this whole like subplot about, you know, Nate's going to turn on this person, and we would have really set up the possibility of somebody getting blindsided. And you know, the the New Zealand editors have made the decision here to basically lay it out pretty clearly that she's going. I mean, I was in no doubt that that Georgia was going. If somebody had gone that wasn't Georgia, I would have been quite pissed off because the editing just told me entirely that Georgia was the one who was going. Yeah, well, I was surprised that she went up and voted for Avi. I thought it was going to be Salah, so that was sort of a bit like, oh, okay. Yeah. But I think the thing that stood out at Tribal Council is how they were saying things that Jeff would have been all over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which Matt sort of was like, oh, okay, yeah. next question. Yeah. yeah. Which was like an obvious difference between the New Zealand version and the American version. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah. think... I think um, 
and I mean, I, I don't know how much of that is that everybody there knew that Georgia was going. It's like, this is just a formality. We all know what's going to happen here. So there's actually no point in pushing. Whereas I think Jeff's natural inclination is even, and especially actually when there's, um, you know, a, a really clear cut vote, is his job is to try and change that. And, yeah. and, you know, I think Jeff really sees himself now as somebody who's in the game to try and change the way things are going. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's a little bit different. You know, I don't think Matt probably sees that as his role at the moment. Um, so, so yeah, you're totally right there. I think, for me, I think, you know, we're six episodes in now, and sometimes I forget Matt's there, you know, like, I think he's, and I think, and that's a compliment, you know, like, I think, I think he just fits into the show really, really well, but there's definitely times when you think, oh, you, like you just say, like, Jeff would have absolutely crucified these guys for that, and, um, yeah. you know, I think, I, I think, to me, there are times when I really like that Jeff does that, and there are times when I wish he would stay out of the game, so I, I don't know whether that's a positive or a negative, really, I think, you know, uh, I, I'm not one of these people that think Jeff, you know, inserts himself into the game a little bit too much. But I also think that, um, you know, it, it, I quite like it when it's just kind of left to to the game to play out without the host getting too involved. So, yeah, I'm not going to ding Matt too much for that. I don't think. No, I was not. I just thought it was something different, like a very noticeable difference. Um, I think with uh, Matt, though, that he's got quite a lot of similarities to what we saw from Jonathan on the Australian version, how they seem to blurt out things that happen that the other tribe wasn't privy to seeing happen, which I don't really like that. that that's my only real criticism of this of Matt. But on a whole, I like him, and I think he's he's. I think he suits the whole feel of the New Zealand version. Right. Yeah. No. Fair enough. I would, uh, would totally agree with that. So, um, anything else you want to add to this? Mm, no. I feel okay. like we've I feel like we've kind of barreled through this. I mean, uh, we're at about an hour and ten minutes. I think obviously uh, Ben adds about forty minutes to the show in case anybody's trying to do the maths. Um, bloody Aussies, they never shut up. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I, yeah, so let's just do our you know a quick buy rental bin on this this episode and, and kind of where are you sitting with this one? I would rent this one definitely. Oh, so this is a solid rent. This isn't a rent and never watch. This is a rent. This is a rental <laughs> definitely. <laughs> no, fair enough. And I I think for me it's um. Um, oh, I'm right. I'm I'm almost at a buy because I did actually really enjoy. It. I think if the I think if it hadn't been quite so obvious who was going, this would mm-hmm. be a buy for me. I think probably the fact that it, it was so obvious keeps it in a rent. But um, I think we're starting to head in the right direction a little bit more now. So uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. And as I think I said at the top of the episode, I think. Um, these hour-long episodes that we're getting on the Monday night seem to be working a lot better for me. Uh, the pacing just feels a little bit more correct. We're kind of getting a challenge and some camp scenes and then a tribal council, and that, it all kind of flows a little bit naturally. And I think we've got a lot of a lot yeah. of time time kind of chewed up in this this episode going through the swap, and I think that kind of helped as well. Um, yeah, so I, I, I um, I'm right on the border, right on the border, but I'm go- I'm going to give it a rent just because I think the the actual boot of the episode was pretty obvious but you know I, I think most Kiwis will be sitting home tonight um, kind of enjoying the fact that somebody's got their comeuppance after you know being in a position of power I think this is this is one of those episodes that I think um, and I'm always thinking about it the New Zealand casual audience who's never seen the show before I think they're probably going to have really enjoyed what they just saw here Oh, definitely. They would have been totally satisfied seeing Georgia out. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 I think she, I mean, who do you think is probably like uh, the public enemy number one of the people that are left in the game now, including Georgia? Like, who do you think that the New Zealand audience probably loves and hates the most after six years? It'd have to be Shay. Shay, I can see, like, I I think, I think our nation would love Salah. 
Yeah, yeah, which is funny because they're aligned. You know, they're in quite a tight alignment. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Salah's got to be everybody's number one, but I think people are really like Nate as well. Um, you know, I think George is probably somebody that people don't really like very much. Um, I, I don't think there's like a real horrible hated villain yet, and I think Tom just isn't. He's not somebody that you love to hate. You know, he's just like a bit annoying in the background, really. Um, so I don't think we've got somebody that we absolutely hate yet. I think probably if Tony had stuck around a little bit longer, he would have started to wear on people. I think we probably got just enough Tony, um, and it was a, a good time for him to kind of bow out before he got too annoyed. So um, I think that probably worked in his favour a little bit. I think Shay still has the potential to be our season's villain number one. If she like um, turns on Salah, <laughs> good luck to her. Yeah, will hate her, and I yeah. hope she does it because I love the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm actually really enjoying what I'm seeing from Shay because I think she seems to have a bit of an eye for, for how the game works. So I'm really enjoying that. I mean, it's got nothing to do with the fact that she's a, a fellow Hamiltonian. Um, I, you know, I think that um, she's just somebody that I'm really enjoying watching. I think she's you can see her thinking through her options really well. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I'm actually really enjoying that. So um, yeah, I mean, probably just one thing before we kind of wrap up. I mean. You know, your my winner pick's now gone because I've actually picked Lou, and uh, it's a bit of a bit of a shame to see her go in the way she did. But um, your your winner pick is Arvi, and I think that's um, going to be a really solid pick. He's right up there for me. But is that who? Like, if you're thinking like logically now, is is he kind of your winner pick still? If you were picking on an edit, or who who would you be looking at? I'm Arvi's still my pick. The only one I can think of that could maybe come in, possibly Nate. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's. I think there's a lot of options at the moment, which is really good. I mean, I also, I'm really. There's a couple of people I'm just fascinated to see what their role in the season is, and one of them, Shannon. Like, I, I still think she's a good shot to be a winner because I think we're getting lots of. Um, good content from her and mm-hmm. um, you know if we're talking about the way that women are edited on the show it's not normally the way that we've seen with Shannon so you know to me that is either saying that something really big happens for her in this this season or she's the winner or she goes really far um, you know so I think that, that there's really that possibility there um, mm-hmm. or, or our editors are just doing a better job of, of editing women which is totally possible as well I think they're actually doing quite a good job of that um, and um, probably the other one that I'm really interested in who's not a winner pick by any means but I'm I'm fascinated to see where Tom ends up in this whole thing because I just he's confusing me in a really good way like I, I can't really unravel the mystery there about what what we're supposed to get from Tom um, and I like that I, I, I just I guess the point the bigger point I'm making is I'm enjoying the editing from the fact that I don't think we've been force fed you should like this person and you should hate this person um, mm-hmm. I think we're kind of getting different things here and I you know total credit to the editors I think they're doing a good job in terms of you know not making things too obvious and letting the audience decide for themselves which is a bit of a, a, a breath of fresh air for me I think yeah I'm a, I'm a little bit um, uh, disappointed with what we've seen from Jack as well he what he hasn't really come across as like the strategic evil genius that I was really hoping he would be he seems to be a bit stuck on his um, jokey funny guy yeah. and then sort of interjecting with a little bit of strategy, a little bit of strategy, but I don't think he is being um, taken that seriously. So yeah. he's, he's a little bit of a bummer for the most part so far. Yeah. I, I think for me, probably the reason that that's the case is um, that 
I, oh, I hate to say this, Jack, but I think probably is that if we saw him as he's really been out there, we would probably get really annoyed by him, like because I think he is just trying to go for all the jokes. And I think you can even yeah. see in the body language of people that they're kind of like the way they sit, they don't want to sit, like they don't lean into Jack, they lean away from him. And I think probably people are just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, a little bit annoyed by him. So, you know, I think that we're probably, you know, less less Jack is better probably at this point. And um, yeah, I think that we're probably being protected a little bit um, in the edit from 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 Jack and how he's getting under people's skin. But uh, I think probably the the one thing that's annoyed me a little bit about Jack is that, like you say, he's somebody that's supposed to know the game really well. But he see when we don't really see him making any decisions. He seems like he's quite happy to just do whatever Mike and, and um, Lee tell him to do. And it'd be interesting yeah. to see if that's his kind of fate in the game or whether he decides to step out of that and make some decisions for himself as the game goes on. I, I think, I think he could just, I think he could just keep on going as he is. And I think him getting blindsided out of it will be something quite satisfying to an audience. Yeah. I think, Watching him go out would be the same as watching Georgia go out. I don't think it would be as um, juicy and like satisfying as watching uh, Mike go out. Yeah. But, yeah. Having oh, said that, yeah. I think if he, I think if he makes the merge, he's somebody that's around for a while because he's not a target. You know, like people like Mike and Lee and um, you know probably Tom and Arvey, they're going to be your, your kind of your heavy hitters that people are going to want to get out early. So I think if he makes a merge, then you can probably lock him in for quite a long time. And, you know, there's that outside chance that he's going to be that Fabio, you know, because we've kind of had Fabio-ish lines from him um, Mm -hmm. where, you know, he's just, he's conning people that, you know, he knows what he's doing more than he actually is. And, you know, so, yeah, he's he's another one that's quite interesting to watch and, and see where he takes us. He seems. He seems. He reminds me almost a little bit of like Courtney Yates. I think he's a bit of a bitch as well, which I appreciate. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that snarky humor, and I'm not sure that the again going back to Kiwis, I'm not sure that the snarky humor really appeals to every every New Zealander. So yeah, I think we are being a little bit protected from what we've seen from from him because if we did see it, then people would start to get quite annoyed by him. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I think we can probably wrap that up here. So um, thanks very much, Priest, for your time. Really, really appreciate it. And thank you to all the listeners for, for hearing our uh, non-Aussie review of this. So no Aussies at all on this. So I get, do we have to rename this the NZ Network instead of the Oz Network? Because there's no Aussies on this at all. Um, I, I think so, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think we might have to just uh, do an honorary one for this. But no, we're looking forward to, to bringing you some cool content coming forwards. And um, yeah, so Ben's going to be offline for a little while. He's um, jetting, setting his way across to uh, the United States and hopefully catching uh, the finale of uh, Survivor Game Changers, so really jealous of Ben, he's done something pretty cool there uh, but we're going to keep bringing you some content here um, and uh, you know we're more than happy to answer any questions that you guys have got and uh, look forward to um, to hearing any feedback that you've got for us um, yeah so just, just really interested in, uh, in what you've got to say and so you know you can uh, find us in all the usual places on our Facebook page follow us on Twitter, um, we're live tweeting all the episodes of Survivor so if you want to kind of check it out in real time if you're a Kiwi then by all means we'd be happy to, to, to see you there liking our tweets and, and joining the conversation so I guess that's all from us tonight so uh, from, from Nick and Perez uh, thank you very much and uh, we shall see you next week thanks thank you for listening to the Oz Network don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week for more information hit us up at theoznetwork.net